Good morning, everyone. Glad to see you here this morning. I love this season of life. Who doesn't love Christmas? It's, um, it's wonderful. And I think the reason why Christmas is wonderful is because we experience so much darkness in the world. You know, I work at a gym and you look at the TV and, and all you see is terrible news. <laughs> You're like, when are we going to receive some good news? Christmas, the season of Advent, reminds us of the message that the angels brought. We bring you tidings, good news of great joy that will be for all the people that today in this city of David, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. This season of Advent, uh, there's a waiting and a longing, anticipation of the joy and the wonder of a God who'd come to meet us where we're at and to change our world. That's what we love about Christmas. And we prepare for it in some ways for weeks and months. I love the songs. I mean, some of us have been singing these songs for a month on the radio. I love the lights. I don't know if you know this, but Clark Griswold lives right down the street. If you've not seen it, come see me afterwards. There's an amazing house down the street. But I love the lights. Reminds us of the great light of the world. I love the gifts. Reminds me of the great, greatest gift I've ever received. It's a joyous season. And yet, it can be dark. Very dark. Especially for people who've lost someone. The sting of death still stings <clears throat> greatly. And you have to deal with that. You still see the TV and you see a war rages on in the world. And you wonder, what is going on? We still have the hurts and the struggles that we're waiting for something to happen to overcome them. And, and all that we see, kind of all that we feel and think, we wait to be comforted. We really do. We want a sense of peace in a world of gloom. And friends, this morning, Christ, Christ is the peace and the comfort for you and me this season. As you look at the story of Simeon, I hope you would see that Christ is that just for you. He was the peace and the comfort for Simeon, and he's the peace and the comfort for you. And so if you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. The New Testament, it's Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. It's a beautiful story of Christmas, of an elderly man who finally sees Jesus. His heart is captured by the wonder of Christmas. And so let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. <clears throat> and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him, to pre present Jesus to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, Every male who first opens the womb 
will be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. And he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother, they marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is the account, the story of a man, Simeon, who understood the wonder of Christmas that was found in Jesus. And when you think about this, Jesus had just been born eight days ago. I'm sorry, 40 days ago. The beginning of the verse starts with Jesus being circumcised. The prior verse tells us that Jesus was circumcised according to the law eight days afterwards. And then Mary and Joseph have to come to the temple. And so this purification time, this dedication time, they bring him to the temple. Jesus is about 40 days after he is born. That's kind of the timing of the situation for them. They bring him to the temple according to the custom of the law, the Jewish Old Testament law found in Leviticus 12, where you're supposed to bring an offering, an offering of a lamb and a sin offering of two turtle doves, which I was like, two turtle doves, like, made me think about that song, right? Two turtle doves and a partridge. Like, is this where it came from? I have no idea. But it just made me think about that song, and maybe, maybe that's where it's from. It's from the Bible, Right? It made me think about that, how Jesus truly is part of everything. But it's interesting to note that they only brought doves. They didn't bring a lamb. You know why? Because they were poor. Mary and Joseph didn't have the money for a lamb. And yet God was doing something wonderful in the midst of their poverty. It reminds me that those who are poor, those of you in this room that are financially struggling, it doesn't keep God from doing the miraculous in your life. It doesn't keep him from doing something that's truly wonderful in your life because what's wonderful in life is far more than money. It's that God comes in and gives you a sense of peace and comfort that, that only he can bring. Even life is difficult. And there in the temple, 
while they're in their temple, in their poverty, they meet a man named Simeon. Let's read verse 25. It says, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name is Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And so here is this elderly man. We know he's elderly because his life is about to end. And what is this man doing? He is in the temple. This elderly man has his priorities straight in life. That even at the end of my life, what matters most is the God I serve. That I would seek him and his kingdom with all that I have. And so for those of you who consider yourselves to be elderly, is that what you're seeking still today? Are you seeking the value of Jesus and what he means? And notice what it says. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. That the Messiah had come to console. That word, consolation, it literally, in the ancient text, it means to call beside you. The one who comes to your aid. The one who's going to help. The one who comforts. The one who encourages. His idea that the Messiah was going to be the one that would be for him and not against him. Our comforter. And so this morning, this is where I'm going in my sermon. Here's the big idea, the theme. Is that Christmas reminds us that Jesus is the only comfort our hearts have been waiting for. That's the point of Christmas. Is to see Christ as our comforter. And what I'm going to try to do is just kind of walk through the story and make some observations along the way. But my prayer and my hope is that you would see Jesus the way Simeon saw Jesus. As a wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this comforter who would give him an amazing sense of peace in the world. And so Simeon was waiting his entire life for this, this Messiah, this comforter. It reminds me what was spoken of, and we've, we've read this text 5,000 times this morning, but I repeat it again because this is what's spoken of in Isaiah the prophet. He speaks, he speaks hundreds of years before about the Messiah. In Isaiah 9, 6, this is what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's up there on the screen. That's the next slide. Sorry, I'm going to have to tell you all what my, what my slides are. Jesus is our Emmanuel, the God who's with us. Simeon had been waiting for him. And when you think about that text of, of him being a Wonderful Counselor, so we, we have this Messiah who's a wonderful counselor, a God who leads and who guides 
who gives what we need. We have a mighty God, a God that can do far more and above and beyond what you and I can think. He does that for us. We have an everlasting Father, a Father who is always faithful to provide, to care, to love you when you need it most. And you have a King who gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that only God can give. And when I, when I see this and I read this, I realize that this story is for an elderly man. And I won't steal Michael's thunder for next week, but there's also the next person that we see is Anna, who's been a widow at age 84. It reminds me that, that the Maya, Messiah had come for the elderly. For the widow and the widower it reminds me this, that this God that we talk about has a big heart and compassion for those who are lonely and for those who are broken, for those who need healing, for those who are grieving, for those who are addicted and can't overcome themselves, and for those who are guilty and ashamed. He has come to comfort you. To remind you that he's with you. He's for you. He will be faithful at your side in all things. And the comforter comes in the form of the Spirit to be with you. Did you notice that? Take a look at verses 25 through 27. At the very end of 25, it says this, the Holy Spirit is upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Do you see the Spirit's presence? So God with us is the Spirit of God with us. That's my next thing is that you would see that the Spirit is the helper who is with me. I find that so fascinating. The Spirit's work in Simeon's life. The Spirit was with him. The Spirit was revealing God to him. The Spirit was talking to him. The Spirit was guiding him and leading him to see Jesus. It reminds me of what was spoken of in John 14. I think this will be up there next. John 14 says this, Jesus, these are Jesus' words. It's the next slide. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Did you catch that word? The Spirit's called the helper. It's the same word of that we see as consolation. The Spirit is the consoler. So the helper had come to Simeon. 
that he would know the presence of God in his life. That's the comfort that God gives. It's the comfort of the Spirit's work to remind you that God is with you. So when you think of Emmanuel, God is with us, you think of the Spirit of God with you. He is present always. Present to help you. Present to comfort you. Present to give you this overwhelming, abiding sense that God will give me a peace when I don't understand what the world is bringing in my way. That is the Spirit of God. We're all comforted by the presence of someone in our lives, aren't we? So we long for the presence of someone. I just had a birthday uh, last week, and um, I love to be celebrated. If you know me, you're not shocked by that statement. You know, I'm pretty extroverted. Um, but the reason why is because we all want to be loved and known deep in our hearts. And our birthdays are a reminder of that. You know, I, um, it, it wasn't the presence that meant much. <laughs> it was the people. It was the text. It was the call, the calls. It was the cards, the notes of what I meant to people. It was the people that came over just to be there with me. It was my mom and my dad and my brother their notes my wife it was my son that said dad it's your birthday i want to come over tonight so he came over like at like 11 o'clock at night um they were there for me to celebrate me it's the power of the presence of people it's an overwhelming comfort for our souls and that's the spirit of god that's emmanuel with us the presence of God brings comfort. It's not about the gifts you have, the material things. It's the giver of all good gifts. It's the presence of his mercy and his goodness in your life that give you the sustaining things that you need. That's the power of Christmas the presence of God with you. And not only that, it's not just his presence, but it is the comfort that God is always faithful to you. Isn't it comforting to know that God is faithful? That's, that's why here is this old man, this old man, when you look at it, the Spirit had revealed to him what? That you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And here he is. And just, just imagine this. This old man's been waiting for his entire life. He's heard the stories as a kid, as a teenager, as a business guy, or whatever he's doing, getting older in life. When is, the, when is this one going to come to make all things wrong right again? When's he going to come? The Spirit leads them in the temple. And can you just imagine this picture? Here's Mary and Joseph, and there's this stranger 
out of nowhere, just picture this. Who is this guy? It's the Messiah. And he grabs the child out of their hands. And what's he held? He's holding Jesus up. And his first response is a song of praise. Lord, he's here. And you're not letting me go before I had seen him. You've been faithful to me. You said you'd do it for me. And here he is. You're faithful to your word. Man, I wish I could have seen that. The joy, the wonder, the the gladness of his heart to see the king is a baby. The one who's going to change the world is a child. And he is comforted because God is faithful to his word. He told me I wouldn't die until I saw the Messiah. God's faithful to his word. His promises are true. And I think that's incredibly comforting. And you know, you know that. If you ever had the experience of a friend, a dear friend, even your mom and dad, someone close to you, and something important is going on in your life, or you needed that person to be there, and by their words, they say, I'll be there. But in that moment of need, they're not there. Or they don't do what they said they'd promised. How do you feel? Broken is how you feel. You feel the lack of comfort. You understand this. We all long for faithful friends, faithful parents. This Christmas is a reminder that God, He is faithful. He is faithful to do what he said. He's faithful to his promises to love you, to care for you, to be with you when you're lonely. He'll never let you go. He doesn't leave or forsake. He is faithful, just like he was faithful to Simeon. God's faithful. That's the comforting message of Christmas. We have We have a God who rules the universe and puts stars in place and planets and the whole galaxy. He put together. And he's faithful to you and me. And not only faithful, but he's wonderful. Right? If you read on, look at the response of his mom and dad. Jesus' mom and dad, they're kind of sitting there watching this stranger pick up their son and just sing out of nowhere, and what are they doing? His father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So as this man has their son up in his arms, praising God, they're sitting back. Our son's wonderful. He's the Messiah. How could this be? 
How could it be? It reminds me of the angels when they spoke to Mary and told her, good news is coming through you. What did Mary do? She treasured all these things in her heart, pondering them. The the Messiah has come to let your heart be amazed by him, to truly wonder at him. And you all, look, look, I I I think the pastor said it last week. Do Do you know why you binge on Netflix? Do you know why you're, you're constantly wanting to watch sports? Do you, do you know why you always love a great sci-fi movie or a thriller movie or whatever it is, or your Christmas movies? Because deep, deep down inside, we all long to be amazed at something, to see something wonderful, because we're so tired of what we see in the world. And Jesus has come to change your heart, to allow you to see that he alone is wonderful. And there's no one like him. He's come that you would marvel at him. That's the message of Christmas. And and it's comforting for you to marvel at something. You know why? When you marvel at something, what happens in here? you begin to lose sight of yourself and all your worries and you fixate on something that's wonderful. The wonderful counselor is comforting. I pray that that is what grabs your attention. He's coming to grab your attention. Christmas is about Jesus grabbing the attention of your heart and pulling you in to his presence. That's what he's doing. And that's what it says at the very end. Look at what it said. Verse 34. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and a sign that is opposed. A sword will pierce through your own soul. So thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is my last observation. God is changing our hearts. That's the message of Christmas. God has come to grab your heart and to show you himself. I mean, it says a sword will pierce through your soul. God has come to break you of things. To break you from the sins that keep you from falling hard after God. To break you from addictions to entertainment, to material things, to money and power, prestige and place, position and prosperity. God has come to break you from those things because the real problem, the real problem that's going on in our sinful hearts is this. You and I, we are so satisfied with the comforts of the world that we don't leave room for the greater comforts of Christ. I'll repeat that. We are so satisfied with the comforts of this world 
that we leave no room for the greater comforts of Christ. This is where Emmanuel has to come in. His spirit has to come in and break us from these things so that we'd see that Jesus is the only comfort we have. He's our hope. He's our peace. He's our advent. He's everything we need. The coming of Jesus is the advent of comfort to you and me. Isaiah prophesies, it's so fascinating. Isaiah prophesies of this in Isaiah chapter 40. It simply says this. He begins, 41, this says this. Comfort. Comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her, her warfare has ended. Her iniquity is pardoned. She is seed from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. The gospel, the good news of great joy is that God has come to comfort you, to be with you, to forgive you of sin. Jesus came to forgive you of sin. He was crucified on a cross that you would be forgiven of the wrongs and the ways you don't seek God, that you would be made right with God, to be a child of God and in His presence. That is the amazing message of Christmas. But it doesn't stop there. The Advent season doesn't just stop at us celebrating the birth of a child. Advent reminds us that he's coming again. He's coming again to comfort us, to rescue us from all the evil, all the harm. There'll be no more sorrows, no more pains, no more hurts, no more worries. There will be everlasting joy in the presence of God. We long for that. You and I long for that. We long for the darkness of the world to fade and the light to come. It, remind, it reminds me of the story. This is probably my favorite story, besides the gospel, obviously. But the Lord of the Rings, at the end of the trilogy, the, it's titled The Return of the King. How appropriately we await the return of the King. The story of Frodo and Sam, and, and Frodo's bearing this, this ring that captures sin in a sense, and he's fighting against a great foe that wants to destroy the entire world, and they're traveling to go destroy this ring, because if they destroy the ring, peace will come. The end of sin brings peace. And his friend is Sam, his faithful friend, says to him on this dangerous journey, says this. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. You know, the stories, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer 
And folks, our story ends. The end of the book of Revelation. The Bible, the very end. The coming of a new day. And this is what is spoken of the world that will be that we believe. In Revelation 21, the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding fruit each month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And His servants, you and I, we will worship the Lamb. They will see His face. His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. Folks, we won't need the sun. He will be the sun. There will be no more darkness. The Lord God, He will be our light and we will reign forever with Him. That today is your consolation. All will be made right again. We wait for Jesus to come again. That's the story of Christmas. And that's why Jesus ends the book of Revelation with these simple words. I am coming soon. And the writer says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. So brothers and sisters, my friends, this season, may the comfort of the coming of Christ give you grace and peace for the moment. May you, know, may you know the good news. And I pray that God gives you a sense of his presence and peace.